0: Game of Thrones is over. Hannah, what did you think of the final episode? Game of Thrones is over. Game of Thrones. First impressions.
1: (sighs) First impressions. Series finale. This is so stressful. Okay. First impressions. I liked the finale. And I think that there... I liked it. I liked the finale as much as I liked the rest of the season. And we got to watch it. Together with a bunch of people at our watch party, which made the experience even more fun. I feel like that made it difficult for me to pick out little details. And so I'm excited to go back and rewatch it again. Mm-hmm. But in terms of experience and in terms of Sansa Stark becoming queen in the north, <laughs> I think everything was standout good. moment. Yeah, <laughs> I think everything else is fine. Nothing else matters. There were a couple so. of standout
0: moments in the cheering in the episode. I know that when the Iron Throne and Drogon melted the Iron Throne, that was also a big a big winner. I think just symbolically, people were excited about seeing that happen.
1: But you know what the biggest cheer was? You tell John, me, John petting ghost.
0: <sighs> I, I made an ugly like mind. an ugly face trying to stop myself from crying. I was like, yeah, I don't need this. When he started making those noises, I was like, Jesus, I can't rewatch this show with headphones on. Not in a moment like that.
1: (laughs) It's intense.
0: (laughs) This was the end of the series. Thanks for listening to the podcast, everyone. We're a little bit late, but like Hannah said, last night was pretty crazy. And I'm sure it was emotional for all of you. I don't know the exact numbers, but folks were talking about it online and also hanging out during the day of the watch party about either personally taking off of work or the meme across the internet of thousands of professional people or i don't know just people who have jobs taking off of work the day following
1: calling and sick
0: this final episode i think
1: the episode in and of itself i think was really good but i think that something we were talking a lot about yesterday was just the weight of the entire story and the series and it's felt like it was a cool moment for everybody to kind of sit back and reflect and just as cheesy as it is feel grateful that we had the opportunity to fall in love with these characters and so it was a really emotional day and to be able to spend that with each other and with friends and with folks in the community and to be able to cheer and hug and hold hands with people when Sansa was crowned queen in the north <laughs> um, like they're just it It was yesterday was a really really special day and I was expecting to feel more sad but really I left last night and I left the episode and I feel today just really excited and super grateful that we've been able to make it to this point and now that we know what the end game ish is, and that brand is sitting on the Iron Throne, which is something that we need to talk about. <laughs> I'm excited and I feel this I don't know, I, I just feel optimistic, and there's still a lot of work for us to do, and there's still a lot of us to talk about and break down. But I'm feeling I'm not feeling as sad as I thought I was going to feel. I'm mostly just feeling really excited.
0: You were exactly where you were supposed to be.
1: I know. <laughs> Okay, now I'm feeling sad. (laughs) Why do you
0: think I've come all this way?
1: Okay, can we talk about Bran for a
0: second? Please. For real? Yes, yes. What? Well.
1: (laughs) That's what I want to say about Bran. Can we talk about the
0: look that (laughs) Bran shared with Tyrion when he said that line? Why do you think I've come all this way? I was like,
1: oh my gosh. (sighs) I, I.
0: And Tyrion and John, just before that, just before the scene, the Great Council of 305 AC, yet to be determined. But we saw it. We saw it take place. We saw it happen.
1: We saw saw
0: Sweet Robin's glow up and all of its newness. Oh my gosh.
1: Yeah, we did see Sweet Robins glow up. We saw
0: Edmund Tully's return. Return to form. He fancied himself a statesman. Oh boy, he did that.
1: Poor guy.
0: So so it's a (laughs) stark.
1: (laughs) sit
0: down uncle she she was really kind about that
1: oh she was i guess she was really kind about
0: that i think that we should probably talk about the the dragon in the room though okay john kills danny 2k19
1: there's so many things for us to talk about i Mm -hmm. just john kills daenerys and i think that i mean did you see that coming did i see that coming I think think that that you
0: definitely saw it coming. I. How about that transition in her and her seat of power from the end of the episode to the beginning of this episode, however much time had passed in the series either way, but just the time that we were able to sort of physically spend in that state of Daenerys' new rule. So thematically speaking, this episode written by David Benioff and Dan Weiss, directed by David Benioff and Dan Weiss, this is all obviously nothing's made into the series that wasn't supremely intentional, Especially here in the final season, but.
1: Except for the potential water bottle that people will
0: found. Yeah, never mind. Yeah, scratch everything that I just said.
1: (laughs) In this episode, but that's a whole other thing.
0: (laughs) I'm I'm making a, a sort of a sweeping comment about the overall potential of what this was supposed to be. And I guess the. The best laid plans ideas about how things were supposed to be. And so when we're talking about the sweeping movements of the, not only the pacing of the episode, but how the final installment, how we're supposed to feel emotionally or how they'd like us to feel emotionally exiting GOT at the beginning of this episode, it was very much about. Being introduced to this state of King's Landing and this state of the Dothraki Screamers and the state of the Unsullied and the state of Grey Worm and where Tyrion and Jon and Davos and every, everyone else and not only Westeros, but the rest of the world fell inside of that. And it was also concluded in mm-hmm. a really quick manner.
1: Yeah. That shot of Daenerys when she's oh, walking out to address everybody. and like that? And we got Drogon flapping behind her. <laughs> You're like, I don't normally so like to bring cool. up
0: cinematography stuff, but that one <laughs> yeah. stood out to me.
1: Not to step on your toes or anything. Go but for it. We that huge Targaryen banner.
0: I uh, mean, yeah.
1: King's Landings and Ashes. And we have Daenerys who's finally made it. And whether or not we think she made it, the show put her narratively where she should have been at that point, whatever, you know what I'm trying to say Mm -hmm. is a different thing. But that was such an unbelievable shot and you could just feel her power. And
0: yeah, her performance was pretty excellent too. The channeling of that spirit that we loved in all of her scenes before when she was roasting people. But like Tyrion said, evil men that we didn't like. Right. And it was like the, the sort of the, the top of her game, it seemed. It was like, this is Daenerys. This is un- unleashed in a way that we were not wanting to ever reckon with in the series and that a lot of people disagree with. But there it is. That's what it was. And we didn't get a lot of it, but uh we got her turning to Grey Worm and making him her master of war. We got that like you said that moment where she was walking out with Drogon flapping the wings behind her and it framed her like she was a a flying beast of mm-hmm. death which will return in the the sequel here probably in the next 5 to 8 years that is going to be <laughs> something to watch
1: that really is <laughs> that really is i just felt like i felt like this whole episode and especially those scenes had this really gritty intensity about them that i really liked and that i really bought into heart and soul because everybody in this episode was for good reason wildly focused and
0: and so were we watching it
1: so were we watching it but the weight was so heavy and intense and just i felt like the the way it made me feel was the way i wanted it to make me feel
0: yeah you know i I completely agree and i i was watching the episode and I, I was really impressed with with what you're describing, which was that overall, the the feeling, you know, the 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 intended response whenever you're crafting this visual medium, when you're making something that goes on a theater screen or that goes. Uh, I guess some people like to watch this on their iPhones. I probably will at some point, not right now, but. You have a plan, and we've talked about this all season. And then the plan has to be physically executed. And when you're working at a scale like this show is, it has been and is doing, and did do for the final season. There's a lot of moving parts, and a lot of mouths to feed, and a lot of egos to balance, and a lot of visual effects to get done at the last minute. So, some last minute rotoscoping of that water bottle will probably be done. That water bottle will disappear shortly. I thought I, I think. It, I think I saw someone make a joke about Sam introducing plastic to Westeros. But again, like re- representative, maybe they let it through this time to sort of give us a, the overall, like, hey, we're human feeling. Mm-hmm. Remember stories of what brought us together. Be nice in this episode. Speaking of
1: CGI, do you think the ghost scene was added in the last few no weeks? Way. Or was it always <laughs> It was always supposed
0: to be like that. They did, like- <laughs> they did us dirty. They did a dirty, and I knew they were doing us dirty. Because like, it was so intentional early. It was like, why are you going to stay so far away? And why do you have to particularly say bye to Ghost? Just to bring him back and make it they even... Do. I don't know, man. That was cold. I'm happy, though. I'm really happy about that. I was really happy about seeing Ghost pat- patting out ahead of him when they crossed north and... uh he was, I guess, escorting Tormund and a bunch of the free folk north.
1: Yeah, so how do you how do you feel about where everybody landed? I guess it's a good question. John, Sansa obviously, Tyrion, you know, thinking at Arya this is a two part question. One, how do you feel about where everybody landed? And two, whose journey would you be most excited for or whose ending was the most i don't know thrilling for you to see
0: i got a lot of feelings about the small council because there's a lot of characters in there at once i honestly was really pleased with a lot of how this turned out
1: Mm -hmm. as pleased
0: as i could be seeing it come to Mm -hmm. an end it's one of those things when i was I, i guess when i started watching the tv show and when i've been making the podcast and going through the books and sort of putting things together chapter by chapter as this long-term project of passion, thinking about these characters, never really thinking about where they would go in the very end. And you can't put it off any longer when it's the final episode. So seeing it laid out in front of you, it sort of forces you to reckon with a lot of those truths about the characters. And It's allowed me to see a lot of clarity in a lot of their choices earlier in the series, uh, mostly being reflected from the first season and things around the middle of the series. Things like Jon with the Free Folk North with Mance Raider and things like him going north of the Wall after the Battle of Castle Black to potentially assassinate Mance before Stannis arrives our characters being put in situations or putting themselves in situations like Arya getting on the ship and heading to Braavos, or in this case, Arya getting the ship and heading west of Westeros, which was a moment that I jumped up and down for because yes, that's just like, I mean, we can get into that in a lot of podcasts from now on. If you guys are interested in the song of ice and fire, that is a really cool thing for Arya Stark to be doing.
1: Mm-hmm. And I think
0: that it's just fun for us to at scale, be acknowledging the greater mystery of Planetos, of course, ahead of the prequels, but just on this stage of being demonstrated in this main, 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 mainstream platform as the finale episode of Game of Thrones to not only talk about stories in such a romantic way, but to also give all these nice nods to other parts of the story that I appreciated. And I know that there's like a million things that we can do and nothing is ever completely good enough, but I was satisfied with that with the way that Arya exited and seeing her stark flag and thinking about the implications of what that might be and seeing John head north with Tormund, someone that was an extremely dangerous threat not only to him, but to all of us in the series. When Raminjavadi's score comes in and he and the Thins are attacking people in The Gift and when they're assaulting Castle Black, it's like, will this guy ever be our friend? And it turns out he's like one of the guys who's, who's like archetypally a part of one of your favorite characters' lives for this foreseeable future. Mm
1: -hmm. He's like his
0: guy, and he's Mm -hmm. your guy, and he's been a part of the story this whole time. And I think this finale did a good job of showing us people like that and how they moved along in the story. And some of it is hard to deal with, and some of it is just funny, and some of it is really fitting, and some of it is glorious, like seeing Sansa being crowned queen in the North and having people hold up their swords and shout queen in the North, a scene that we've seen so much at this point where it's so yeah. tired, it's so tired, but it's like, hell yeah, that's going to be not at all. Not at all. That's going <laughs> to yeah. be right at the end of the series. There's a lot of stuff like that. I really liked it a lot.
1: Yeah, I totally, I'm right there with you. 100%. I felt like John heading North at the end is something that I wasn't really thinking a lot about, but to me, makes so much sense and i love that for him and like why do you love it
0: for him it seems some folks may find that so sad to see john going into a a potential cold place after being told that he can't be a part warm (laughs) he can't well yeah well don't forget, there was that little leaf at the very end when they were crossing. Whenever they crossed north of the wall, so maybe the White Walkers are gone. This can mean a whole new dream of spring for the lands north of the wall.
1: Well, I just think that where else does Jon Snow want to be? Jon's not the ruler type. He's never. He, I mean, he he said it ten quadrillion times that he doesn't want to be in charge. Right. Jon's going to be so much happier roaming that's all he's ever wanted to do is be a ranger and roaming north of the wall Mm -hmm. and now that like you're saying the white walkers are gone that threat is taken care of who knows and and as these relationships with the wildlings have been built who knows what they are able to explore and find out there and i think that there's probably no place john would rather be than north of the wall with his guys with torment with ghost exploring and so many kids, you, you know, <laughs> exactly <laughs> to me that that's super exciting, and I think that maybe that seems like a step backwards, or that seems like
0: I think a lot of people wanted to see him wield a flaming sword and kill the Night King and ascend the throne oh, for sure, either alongside Daenerys or maybe not directly being the reason that she lost, you know, for
1: sure. I would have loved to see John sit on the Iron Throne, I think that. I think that Jon would have done a great job, but I just, I don't know. I just like this idea of him being able to kind of do what he was born to do. And I think that he fulfilled all of those prophecies, whether it was bringing everybody together in the fight for the dawn, whether that was killing Daenerys and finally coming after that really powerful conversation that he has with Tyrion. I think that he fulfills all of those mystical prophecies and he becomes that greater, larger than life type of person who then packs it up and heads back where he belongs uh in my mind. So I was super satisfied with that. I think the only brand is the only thing that I was like laughed about. Laughed Laugh isn't the right word, but brand is the only thing that I was like, whoa, okay, interesting. Let's kind of dial back here and mm-hmm. think about how we could get to this point and if this makes sense which after having a little bit of time to think about it we can explain it away kind of situation but that was really the only piece in terms of everybody's storylines that was really surprising to me
0: why did it surprise you you just didn't think that he wanted to be the king or that that would it be surprised
1: me it surprised me because the show just did not do a good job setting that up because Bran was absent from the entire TV series for, yeah, whole, was, for a whole season. Five, he was gone. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he was gone for literally one whole season. I was thinking about that this morning, and I was kind of <laughs> chuckling to myself. I was like, Bran was gone for one whole season. And I think that when you think about it, like, from a book narrative perspective, we, get, we begin with Bran and we end with Bran, and he's got this... He sees everything and he's got this knowledge and this power and that could be really useful and he doesn't want it and it's very pragmatic, blah, blah, blah. But to me, it just, it's just kind of shocking to me a little bit.
0: I think there's a, like a game at foot here. I was watching John and Tyrion and their conversation. I was like, "Wait a second! There's like a this is the Game of Thrones. Don't forget to show that you're watching everybody. You know what I mean? Like this is the this is the end. But everybody is it was
1: all hashtag for the throne.
0: Yeah, basically. But also hashtag for not getting killed or hashtag for putting myself in the best position, which has been a pretty. Big cornerstone of the series all along, and it's also part of being a mammal. We just like you know we're we're out here trying to figure stuff out and Tyrion and John are in that room, and I'm getting season one vibes. He's about to say a mind needs books like a sword needs a whetstone. he's about to tell him about cripples and bastards and broken things and about how all cripples are bastards or all sorry, all imps are bastards in their father's eyes and connecting on those levels that was. A pretty good uh a pretty good convo for Tyrion, the way that all turned Love out.
1: Love is the death of duty.
0: That was it, right? That was the moment where John quotes Maester amon Love is the death of duty. And Tyrion looks at him like, wait a second. All right. Did you just come up with that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What kind of conversation are we having? Did you just come up with that right now? He goes, No, that was Maester amon Tyrion lets it wash over him. And because he is so bright, and because It is something that we're supposed to be thinking about. I know that it sort of fell out there in the middle of the series, everybody, but hang on. We're supposed to be reminded. You guys remember all the conversations early in the season about how big of a brain Tyrion has? Well, this is a moment where it came into play. If you're watching his Game of Thrones, this is the moment in his Game of Thrones where him in a room being... Nice or just talking freely to a person that is in a position to potentially save him is a position that Tyrion has been in all through this series. Do you remember Mord
1: mm-hmm. in the Sky
0: Cell? That's just one of them. We could go through mm-hmm. the list. We could go through the list. Do You remember Braun from the small council at the very end? We could go through the list. But this is a crazy time because we've got snow and ash and we've got basically no ceilings on all the buildings. Just, they've just been destroyed Drogon is giant, he's really mad, you're locked up in a side chamber and the guy that's coming to talk to you is one of the guys who stands beside the queen when she stands on top of the staircase to give her speech and you hope that it goes well but you don't know how anything's going to be because Daenerys just turned on King's Landing like that so I hope it goes well Jon quotes Maester Aemon and Tyrion, within just a snap moment he's able to be the person that we were told that he was and he matches maester amon's wisdom in a flash and says something that maybe none of us were thinking about i know that when i heard it i was like "Uh." Mm (laughs) ah when he said what did he say he flipped the. sometimes
1: duty is the death of love
0: and john was like
1: shield that uh, guards the realms of men
0: that's it he goes remember the night's watch and john's like oh man this is comfortable i can trust you
1: I loved that conversation for all the reasons that you just listed. You know what I liked so much about it is this is Tyrion and Peter Dinklage at his Mm A-game. In this very desperate situation, like you said, he's been in this situation time and time again, and he's, it it kind of reminded me a little bit of him after he kills his father, and he's really sunk down into this very deep level of depression. (sighs) Also just
0: self-acceptance
1: yeah you know read
0: self-acceptance acceptance
1: he had that depth to him and that intensity about him and that tyrion about him that I feel like has been missing because he has not been in these desperate situations and that's kind of the character that we've come to really know and love and so that conversation was incredibly powerful and I, I mean, I'm sitting here I tried not to take too many notes this episode because I really just wanted to kind of be in the moment at our party and and enjoy it but i was like word for word trying to (laughs) write down this entire conversation because these it was awesome it was awesome and these are the end game guys this is it this is the conversation like you're saying this is this is the conversation and this is the conversation that changes john from being so stalwartly standing next to daenerys to all right this is I'm the only one who can do this. This is my responsibility and I see what I got to do. I have no choice. Tyrion and, says
0: that he loved Daenerys and his yeah. f- his face breaks after that. It breaks as if he's about to shed a tear or something or it was a really tough thing for him to admit. And it made me rethink a lot of their interactions. I don't know if that was something that we were supposed to feel like if that was the moment where Tyrion was outside the door on the ship, maybe that was more than just concern about the realm. Maybe that was a little bit of jealousy for a life that he maybe potentially had or a lifestyle or the kind of person that he fancied himself to be. Maybe also connected to the same statement when he was standing on the wall with Varys and Davos in Winterfell.
1: Did you read that as him being in love with Daenerys or just that he loved her?
0: I'm not sure. I mean, he did make a crack about being less successful at it, but he, I mean, I think about their conversations in marine and how how well they were vibing together. I don't know what part of Tyrion decided at some point that Daenerys was off the table other than the fact that she was a queen, but there's potential there. I think it says something more if that's the case. It says something more about the layers of his personality that he's been shedding off to reach this level of synchronicity with what his actual point is being here. Mhm.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't know if I I don't necessarily like the vibe of him being in love with Daenerys, but I can see, and especially maybe just fancying her her. I don't know. Yeah, or just really respecting her. Yeah, I mean, he truly, he truly believed in her, and he truly was trying his best to really give her the counsel and the advice that she that he felt like she deserved. And so, I think that regardless of of what. What that means, I think that there's some very intense emotion there, and I, I we've been saying this all season. I would have loved to spend more time kind of exploring yeah. what that meant for all of them, but I think that this particular conversation really gave us the opportunity to to see how difficult these days between Daenerys, these days, weeks, months, years, however long it is, between Daenerys arriving in Westeros and in King's Landing, and John finishing it up. Can we can we talk about when John the conversation that John and Daenerys have in the throne room?
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: And just how again we see Danny kind of break that intensity, especially after seeing her at the beginning of the episode, to see her so vulnerable with John and again begging him to be next to her and let's break the wheel together. And then John says this classic, you're my queen line, and then just kills her. Yeah. What?
0: Stabs her in the heart. He was kissing her, like, goodbye. I think that we're supposed to really feel that they're in love at this point. And so I'm trying to buy into the whole experience rather than watching it with a uh, just like sarcastic eye. You know what I mean? So if that's the case, if that's the case, then man, it's really tough. Yeah. I don't know. I just, they're actors kissing on a screen. You know what I mean? I guess it could be better.
1: Yeah. But like, think about other actors kissing on screen. What kind of actors do you like to kiss on screen? You're like, <laughs> you know are like every guy's <laughs>
0: played Dario, and you're on. <laughs> yeah,
1: but you know what I mean. Like, I, they just don't have the same. I, they don't have the type of ke- chemistry that like John has with regret You know.
0: Well, yeah, they actually got married though. That's the. Well, thing. yeah, but, but they actually I mean? fell in love. Yeah,
1: true. That's so true. But I think that a lot of what that feeling between them, yeah, we kind of have to fill in the gaps because they don't really. God, how how
0: useful to their acting back in the day they're like man you guys are really good at acting together like yeah we're pretty good at this
1: yeah like if only you knew
0: like those kisses are so so passionate like people are really going to buy into this john egret experience like yeah we actually liked lingering on those takes that wasn't so bad
1: i want to talk to you this is so okay never mind we can talk about that later what is it like at what point (laughs) if you're like falling in love with your co-star (laughs) like at what point is it like not acting anymore this is not even the cave scene for later that's
0: that's the point
1: you know what i mean it's like you kiss for the first time for real and not like in front of a camera and you're like whoa
0: (laughs) i don't know that's like a whole deeper conversation that's that's a rabbit hole and it's like wait a (laughs) second it's like how much are they at work when they're at work
1: it's a strange thing
0: (laughs) i was going to talk to you about the You were talking earlier about the thematic elements of the episode really landing for you and getting it establishing a a strong feeling, especially there at the beginning with the Daenerys stuff. Mm -hmm. And I agree. I rewatched that sequence and I was just really impressed with how. I felt like that thing that we can't quite put our finger on that we've been getting from Game of Thrones all these years when something comes on the screen that sort of transcends the moment and lifts you off, that's like a, a really well-executed flourish of of cinematic artistes and music and acting. It's, it's fun. It's really fun when it works. And I really like when people show us something that we haven't seen before or we watch a movie or listen to something or see a piece of art that it's just like, whoa, wait a second. And it doesn't matter if it's from this era or an old era. If it really stands out to you and really lands, that's always a really a fun thing, especially if it's something that you can, I don't even know what I'm getting at. I'm, I'm being romantic now because it's all over. That's not fair. See, that's not fair because my emotions are just like, they're too high. So raw. They're too high because that's of the, thing, the that's fact so that, that it's the end. Yeah. David Benioff and Dan Wise directed this episode. And they wrote this episode. And I think I'm correct in saying that the only other episode of the series that they're credited for directing is Two Swords, which is the season opener for season four. And I think that they only credited one of them, but it's, I guess, widely known if you look up stuff like that on the internet or if you're a fan of like the stats and who's making this stuff that whenever it listed David Benioff as the director of that episode, that it meant that both of them were working on it. Either way, this was like... So we got to see the last episode of Game of Thrones be basically exclusively piloted by the guys who were making it and putting the whole thing together. And that means that they got to make decisions about where the camera was placed and how the visual effects would come together, but also just about how the overall... Vibe, the aesthetic, like what lands out of all of this? Not only an intention from the writing about what our characters need to do and all that stuff, but also just the full spectrum of how it's expressed. And I'm sure that they were having a lot of conversations with the composer and I'm sure they were having a lot of conversations with Paula Fairfield about how to get those dra- those dragon sounds from Drogon to sound like these are the last ones we're ever going to hear. And mm-hmm. Daenerys just died and this is an insane moment where we're all feeling a lot of emotions right now. So go crazy, Drogon, destroy the Iron Throne. Wow. Make sense, make sense of this all for us. It was cool to see something so important be handled by a small group of people. Sometimes that can breed a really cool result, especially in these mediums. And I think that maybe if they had the time or the desire that we could have gotten more of that over the course of this eighth season, if they would have just maybe had more of an iron fist. I know that people aren't fans of their their writing, but I really think that. Whenever they wanted to say something with Game of Thrones in this episode or with Daenerys in the small amount of time that we got it, I saw something, I saw high fantasy on the screen in a way that I haven't before. And that's something I've been asking for from the series for a really long time. And I think that they were trying to do that over the course of the season. And Mm -hmm. I just don't think that they pulled it off. I don't think that all of it flowed together as majestically as it could have. But when they had really tight control over these sequences, the I'm speaking specifically about all the stuff in the beginning with Tyrion walking around King's Landing with the guy who was crying on the staircase. And yeah. the 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 first dead person you see is this really sad looking little girl who's who's dead, and this guy sort of obliquely is walking around town with these burn scars and he's half naked. And it's just so it's you can show us anything, but they were very simple things. And it's not tough to figure that out. Artists on that level are probably super smart and are probably scoffing like, "Aha! Ah, ha, this is a very simple thing that you could put together to get this emotion across. But when you have to choose it, it becomes the thing that defines the choice. And when it's the final episode and you're actually defining Game of Thrones overall, I think that there's probably a lot of pressure. And I think that they really did a good job in this episode, having control of a lot of those elements and making it feel like the way i think it should have felt at the end when all Mm -hmm. of it's gonna happen maybe we didn't get all of the right stuff leading up to it but when john is walking toward daenerys after she gives the speech i mean all of the stuff that daenerys actually talking to the unsullied of course but when he's entering this end of the road post-apocalyptic dystopian empire that's at the very end of his journey daenerys is at the very top of her tower like the bad guy at the, the end of a story and he's ascending the steps. And at the very end of it all, it's not guards or gray worm or anyone else that he has to get past. It's this nightmare underneath the snow from his, basically his family tree, shaking the snow off of him and deciding whether or not he can pass. Like everything that he went through in his entire life made it possible for him to come face to face with the dragon and then go through that door and then to kill Daenerys what's more high fantasy than a dragon guarding the door with the queen on the other side that you have yes. to go stab. That's yes. crazy. That's crazy. I didn't know that they would actually go there. At the beginning putting, of the
1: episode, when as you mentioned walking through the city, we've got the burn people. You looked at me with this look in your eyes of game on. <laughs> like, I felt like in that moment, that's when you, <laughs> it's like 30 seconds in you're like, yeah, okay, <laughs> this is, this is how this episode's going to go. And I really I liked the how they way. did
0: two swords. Also, I felt like after coming back after the Red Wedding, there was a lot of hype, and I don't know. I just I'd I like the style. There was like this really brutal fight scene between the Hound and Arya at the end, and two swords. And I was like, I haven't seen a fight scene like this before. Is when the Hound takes the guy's head and starts slamming it into the sword.
1: Mm-hmm. And just before yeah. that,
0: they're peeking through the trees, saying, what the fuck's Alami? Two yeah. elements from Game of Thrones I really like. Something bad, really bad, might happen. And also, look at how beautiful life can be. Even if you're about to go through the trees and potentially hurt someone or steal someone's things.
1: And that's the vibe that you got from this episode.
0: There was a lot of that. There was It was just a lot of different colors at one time, I think. Or, sorry, rather, just spread over the course of the episode. I think that a lot of people got different things from it
1: mm-hmm. no, i totally agree i really loved it
0: what did you think about that if you could sort of talk about the parts of the the sequence with john and danny and how that all ended up like what about that did you like
1: i well i liked that i i get why people don't buy into john and daenerys because i don't think they have a lot of chemistry and like i don't think they have a lot of chemistry, end of sentence. But I do think that when you fill in the gaps and when you think about who these two people are and you kind of project things onto their relationship, (laughs) (laughs) I think it makes it into this really deeply, beautifully tragic thing. And I think that not only did we have this unbelievable cinematography, dragons, and snow and ash falling and just the this gray overtone of everything we get these two characters who we're supposed to believe are truly in love with each other and who are truly trying to do the right thing and and danny talks they they talk about john's asking her when she knows what's the right thing and they're talking of these very lofty Philosophical questions of what is right and what is wrong, and how do you know that you are right? And John and Tyrion have that same conversation later in the episode when they talk about whether or not what they did was the right move, and neither of them truly have they an still answer don't for know. it. But yeah. that was the
0: thing that Tyrion needed to happen the most at that time in that room.
1: No, yeah, exactly. And so that you know, Danny is only doing what she believes to be in her heart of hearts the rightest, truest, bestest. Thing and to have them come together and be at odds, especially with somebody that you love so much. I mean, there's nothing more tragic than that. And so, I, I don't know. I, I would have loved to see, and I had hoped, and especially in the beginning of this episode, I thought it could happen that Arya would kill, would be the one to kill Danny, because I just think Arya has been through so much training, and I get that she killed the Night King, which good for her. But Without I would have loved to see face. her. Yeah, I would have loved to see her kill Daenerys um, and kind of be this super assassin that she's been built up to be. But anyway, that's a whole different thing. Um, But yeah, it was just like, not only was it beautiful from uh, the way it was shot and from the high fantasy vibes that we were finally getting. It just also, I think, the types of conversations that they were having built this wildly tragic ending, which is kind of what I was hoping for and what I really wanted f- for this storyline to be wrapped up. And again, I, th- I feel like we keep harping on this and we keep having this conversation, but it's what everybody's been talking about, which is Danny. her storyline got either ruined or rushed or whatever. But as we've been traveling down this road, this is what I had hoped for based off of what we were starting to see. And as we think about how this will be continued to be explored, and as we can read it and feel the chemistry that George R. R. Martin is writing, and as we can hear Danny and John's thoughts as they both are trying to just do the best that they can do, I think that it's going to be really, really special. And that's so exciting to me.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think that looking at the way the final season has paced things out with The Long Night being. A footnote in comparison, maybe not in scale of the threat, but in comparison to at least how we emotionally part with the series and the different beats, we've talked about how this could be related to the the way we get delivered A Song of Ice and Fire. And I've always been married to the high fantasy magical elements of the series, things like Euron Greyjoy bringing a dark hell onto the world and us dealing with that at the same time that we're dealing with the white walkers at the same time we're dealing with all the trouble in King's landing and all the other crazy people across planetos that may vie for some kind of place or some kind of food off the table with however all this lands. I didn't really give a lot of thought to the potential of this sort of wrapping back in on itself, which Mm -hmm. shows the length of my intellect when I'm thinking about (laughs) these stories. And I think that, that's probably how a lot of us are feeling when we see that brand gets turned into the king and we don't really understand it. Or that
1: brand.
0: Arya kills the Night King, maybe... So easily, and that it happened early. And we're like, well, wait a second. Cersei's the big bad. It's well, Cersei's not the big bad. Everyone's the big bad. Danny's the big bad. The big
1: bad were the friends he made along the way.
0: Yeah, we're just like the story is just sort of wrapping up, and all of these people were gonna not everyone was gonna die during the White Walker. So there had to be some falling action from that. And it's really interesting that George R. R. Martin it looks like that he's lining everything up to have an even more dramatic conclusion to what I thought was going to be a dramatic conclusion. It's because it's it's going to bring together what you were just saying, like getting inside the head of these people. I know that's kind of an elementary way to describe it, but hearing their thoughts and understanding and sort of buying into what we're supposed to buy into with how all this goes down with the way that the final beats of the story are draped across this episode and across this season. You got to know that stuff following conflicts with the white walkers. We're going to be so exhausted at that point. Just like a lot of you probably felt three or four weeks into the the season. If you're listening to this at a at a later date, you're probably like, geez, why are these people so emotional about the the pacing <laughs> of the <laughs> TV series, but the past six weeks for people who are following it. And it's a lot of people. A lot of people are actually taking off of work post this episode that is not a drill also it is not a joke a lot of people are really doing that and it's not just the kind of people that go to watch parties it's just been a fun thing for a lot of people and they're like wait a second what w- wait a second the story is a different thing than i thought it was and it's like yeah but that's okay
1: that's what i mean that's what a song of Ice and fire really boils down to at the end of the day which is these very human questions in this extremely high fantasy world. And I think that, I think that the show sometimes struggles to balance the both of those things at the same time, which is why I think that sometimes we're not satisfied by all these different beats. Mm-hmm. But when you take a step back and, and look at it as we are, and we can't help but do so now that we're here at the finale, I think that boiling down to, the very humanness of what it means to be a person and to feel comfortable with yourself and to make decisions and to navigate this world—that's what a song by Sapphire is is really about. And I think that this episode and this finale really wrapped up a lot of those emotions, like Arya wanting to sail past the maps and figure out for herself mm-hmm. because that's not me to stick around. And I I, I think about. Brienne writing down finally Jamie's story in the white book, and she's thinking about Jamie Lannister as this historically significant figure, but also just like this guy that she really cared about and this person that so deeply affected her life. Um, I don't know. It's, I, you I know, liked it. I'm I love you. Game of Thrones. <laughs> I love a song of Ice and Fire. <laughs> um, but something else I wanted to, to touch on is, uh, this like all comes together in my mind, but it's probably like seems like an extremely hard transition. But I just think about so many of these moments in this episode that were moments with all of our faves, like the small ca- brand small council it's like braun and sam and brienne and davos and the whole time i was just looking around like where's the people that we don't like or as Tyrion is being brought in front of all of the great ladies and lords of the houses of westeros and it's just
0: i'm smiling so sansa. Big right
1: now. <laughs> it's sansa and it's brienne and it's sam and it's um and mir toli lol and it's sweet robin but you know unnamed prince of Doran. That was my favorite part of the episode.
0: <laughs> and don't we d- don't look too different?
1: It's just I think that the weight of that really struck home for me. And we all of our faves are out here just trying to do their best and make decisions and do the right thing. And even if that means putting brand on the Iron Throne, whatever, that's fine. It's but like
0: it's like you said. They're doing. It's like the discomfort, it's become and it's too much. After the Night King was dead, think about Jamie's discomfort and toward the cap- heading toward the capital. Unfinished business, unresolved things, things that don't feel quite right. And getting to the end of that and being like, okay, I guess I'll do the work. There's no one left to kill, at least for now. I guess I'll do the work. And uh, that's a luxury. It's definitely a luxury in A Song of Ice and Fire. And we got to see a lot of those people feel that sort of luxuriousness for a bit. And that's what these stories are. If a, a creator is doing a really good job, what you want is to enter at a point that's interesting and you're like wow look at this crazy place it's kind of like your life except you don't have to go through the infancy i mean you get sorcerer's stone and you feel like that's kind of slow but that's still more intricate than being a baby depending on how you look at it and then you want to exit the world at a satisfying conclusion but you don't think about all the other stuff too like the stuff that's also going to be happening because it's real and i think that they did a really good job with making it feel real with that small council scene because it did feel Mm -hmm. real and it said a lot of things and i know we're We're going to get into those in our episode, second episode of the week. We're able to watch the episode again and write down some more of these lines and analyze it from perspective of what are they trying to say about the world that we live in? And is this an okay thing to say?
1: But they were just talking about business. Yeah, they were just doing work. Business it was just like as usual conversation. Yeah, I know. It and was it was
0: people horrible. that we liked, but Bronn still is there, like trying to get funds very shadily put into the brothel business so he could per- personally profit.
1: These are chill combos that we're having back in season two. Yeah, you know what I mean. They're just like Tyrion's talking about the sewers and sanitation, mm-hmm. and yeah, Bronn's just trying to get that. He's cold. like,
0: "Wait a second, I don't know about all this." But it's like you it said, it's different wild. than before. It's way less dangerous. Maybe it feels less dangerous to us because we're so used to these people. You got to think, what was Robert's small council chambers like outside of the perspective of Ned Stark? I know that he had kind of a commanding presence and he made us feel sort of safe in those rooms, like he had it all together. But like, what was the vibe like? Were they kind of chill? I know that Tyrion brought a little fun to it when he was hand there for a while. But it's like you said, it's it, it wasn't like this. Yeah, exactly. And it made me feel really excited to know that at least for the time being, right now in Westeros, the king is keeping all of these, like he's keeping the realm in line, like it's on his shoulders, right? But he's also keeping his leaders in line. And he's doing it not with an iron fist, but kind of like a it's like kind of a joke. It's like they want to respect him because they really want all this to all of the order to come back into place in the world, and so we have to really buy into this, and you're the king, and we bow to you your grace and I'm taking my job very seriously, but it's still it's still where Tyrion will end his final line in the series, which was the the jackass and the honeycomb and the brothel joke that we still don't have i once brought a jackass and a honeycomb into a brothel which i still don't know the end of
1: man still don't love brand being on the iron throne but everything else really comes together for me well the the
0: implications there are just like hmm why do you think i've come all this way it's like
1: this guy played the
0: longest game
1: he did play the longest game. Let's like, talk about like the least interesting person to put on the Iron Throne. I think it's so... so
0: interesting.
1: Really? Because, oh my like, god. I mean, I get it. But I just, it's like, brand, it's <laughs> so
0: interesting. Like, are you kidding me?
1: People have been Are you kidding me? hilarious kidding of always. What the
0: news of Drogon? <laughs> He's like, they're like, I don't really know about Drogon yet. And he goes, oh, maybe I can find him. And it's like, oh, okay. It's... I see you. Uh-huh. I don't know. I don't know about you, but that sounds really cool to me that we have a king that has that much interesting power. I know that it's not the most compelling, like new way to branch a story into uncharted territory maybe it is in a way because he's still got that mystical stuff that i'm holding on to even though there's no more episodes to look forward to so i'll have to get back to you about how i feel about that at a later date but just the idea of him being able to operate on a level that other people haven't been able to and how they'll yeah, be able to utilize that and how powerful yeah, exactly they'll be able to though,
1: become. like who's gonna replace him just some guy you know he's like, got a plan just like <laughs> he some came this guy. far
0: he's got a plan
1: I don't know. I I get it, but it's like, people have been, as per usual, on their A-game on Twitter, and it's like, I see all these people tweeting things, like, Bran's the kind of guy who shows up, who doesn't show up for half the group project and then gets an A, (laughs) gets all the glory for it. I know that he was on his own journey, and I know that Bran, as a character, has much more depth than just like him sitting in the courtyard, staring at everybody weird saying I'm not Bran Stark anymore. So much
0: funnier now that he did that.
1: <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> laugh at he's at me like finding his time. T- finding his time. That yeah.
0: will improve. Yeah. Go ahead. Laugh at me. Uh,
1: but I just, I don't know. I, I don't
0: know. He goes, Whatever. I'm sure it will. And just laughing like, Oh, this is good. This is a, a much more lighthearted approach to the affairs of the crown. Bum 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 until Drogon funny. and Daenerys returns.
1: Danny would have been a much more interesting person on the throne, and I was not even think like ever rooting for Daenerys to sit on the Iron Throne. So but
0: I don't it's, know, man. Just going to be just think about it. Think about what they're going to be up to. Think about who's doing what and where across, across Westeros. We've got Sansa, who's queen of the North, who's going to have. Fantastic.
1: Can you say that
0: again, please? Sansa who Just is queen of the North
1: <laughs> <Okay>. in her <laughs> wearwood
0: clothing. Oh my gosh. Oh
1: my gosh. It's going to have Sansa should have sat the Iron Throne.
0: She's going to have excellent diplomatic relations with Bran Stark. She was all about the North and she got the the North. You know what I mean? Like she got it and she got it for everyone else too. I mean, that's good. That's that's what she wanted, right? She didn't want to be the reluctant queen. That's not the future you wanted for Sansa, is it?
1: No, I'm I mean, gonna put as
0: many words in your mouth as I can. Like, hey, you like it, right? You like the no. brand thing. Can we please go back to talking about what sort of wizardry Brand's gonna get up to at the Capitol? Because I need my spinoffs.
1: I'm, sh- I mean, Bran has unbelievable powers, and he's the kind of person who is gonna be able to be a pretty good ruler because he's doesn't care. He has no feelings. Basically, he's able to really diplomatically rule and be very fair and just. I can assume. It's just boring. Like, I just, I don't care about Bran. I, that's like, that's just my true, real feelings. Like I think about people who are so much more interesting, like Yara, what's mm-hmm. she going to be up to? In, she's going to be
0: I always... up to probably raiding a lot of the North and Sansa's going to be super pissed about it. And she's going to be like, I hope that Arya comes back and they finish this, like, you know, when I mean? Arya was like, I'll slit your throat if you talk about Jon like that again.
1: Yeah. That's interesting. Now that's
0: interesting. It, it's really sad, but like you said, it really be like that sometimes. And life goes like on. Sometimes. And it's just back to business as usual. So how long, like Tyrion said, 10 years from now, how long until these cordial relationships, how long until the threat of the, of the Targaryen returning, the regime blowing up the countrysides of Westeros to Karth and the Jade Sea and beyond when that's done and Yara can't keep everyone in the Iron Islands under control, and there's problems with the Grey Joys and people of the North. Just like there's always been.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Back to regularly scheduled programming.
0: We need another know. series, guys. Game of Thrones. I'm being a
1: hater. We do need another series. We need another like 12 episodes or something like
0: that. I think we need more than 12 episodes because Daenerys is getting... Listen, Drogon was on a level that we haven't seen him on before as far as communicating with his environment and understanding what's going on. I still don't understand why he didn't kill John. I know that's going to be something that's analyzed to death. And I don't. I haven't asked you, what do you think he killed or he didn't kill John for?
1: Yeah. Why he went for the throne instead. Yeah. I think that, I think that John, and I don't think it was played up enough, but I think that John is supposed to have this same sort of mystical connection to the dragons, and I know that Drogon wasn't anybody that he was supposed to have bonded with or, or ridden or anything like that. But I think that there's supposed to be some connection there, like so an understanding. That. Yeah, and so I think that that plays into it a little bit. Um,
0: so, so if that happened, and Drogon emptied out our feelings on the Iron Throne, and he picks up Daenerys's body and carries Daenerys off, where do they go from here? Do they return to the ruins of Valyria? Does he take her body into a specific area of the city where a lot of strange people that we don't understand live? What could that well, lead to? Well, and what
1: does Drogon do? Why and we talked about we talked about this a couple like at the beginning of the season. This eventually that like if Danny didn't make it, her dragons are just out there. What does that mean? I don't know. Do, where did they go? Does, no idea. Does
0: Bran, who's I. I, I don't know the length of his skills because we honestly haven't, like you said, haven't got a lot of time with him and we haven't seen a lot of things. Cause he was gone for one whole
1: season. God,
0: write some shit better. Ah!
1: <laughs> Sorry. <laughs>
0: you know what I mean? Anyway, <laughs> Imagine what he could potentially get up to as a person who's able to sort of glass candle his way around planetos at this point. He's looking for Drogon. He's got an eye out for Arya. Arya is taking the Stark sigil to places it's never been before. She's heading west of Westeros. I mean, We haven't even cracked the case on what that could potentially mean for her.
1: What could it mean? I mean, she gets to do... I can hear the emails getting
0: written right now. Game of Thrones is over. Arya is not going to do anything else. (laughs) Neither is Bran. It doesn't matter if Drogon is found at the end.
1: It does matter. Well, and this is the fun stuff that we get to explore and talk about as we wait for Winds of Winter. And that we get to rewatch the series and reread the books and kind of think about what these implications mean Mm -hmm. for these characters, you know. So... I mean, this is the stuff that matters. So yeah, please write us and tell us what you think Arya is doing. I mean,
0: there's some I, loose ends that are interesting. I mean, it's just some loose unresolved ends. notes that are just all over it. Think about just the good the good story that could be told with John heading north. Not only that, but the crazy stuff that we just talked about.
1: But Sansa Stark sitting on exactly the throne in the north and her freaking dress that was so perfect and the way she just walked down there as everybody bowed to her. it's all too much for me to handle but it wasn't a cliffhanger we didn't get cliffhangers we got i felt like things were things were moved forward into the rest of you know the pushed and this is how things are going to be but it wasn't i feel like we we've got questions but we don't have questions
0: no i mostly have hope I, I see yeah, Braun m- made it all the way to the small council, Lord of Highgarden, Lord of okay. lofty titles, master <laughs> is of Is going to be Lord of
1: Highgarden in the books?
0: <laughs> I don't think so. I think <laughs> Braun's probably good in the books. But right now, right now, this is, it's just indicative of, I think, what they were trying to give to us in the show. And if we can walk away from the series, like you said, feeling amped and also hopeful then that's something we probably weren't necessarily expecting, and that's a pretty cool thing.
1: It's a big win. It's a big win, especially thinking about how many of these episodes this season we walked away from feeling confused or a roller coaster. I think that the only other episode I really walked away feeling this confident from was episode two, and you know, I know we've got rewatches ahead of us and a deeper discussion later, but I feel like I really walked away from this episode Feeling confident in how we wrapped things up. And I just
0: wish it could had all been done this well.
1: Oh yeah, are you kidding me? I, I like, and I think about like how much time was wasted in season seven, you know, or how many episodes of, of in this season itself were maybe not done and with the same grandeur and care that I think, I think that they I really went really into this.
0: Tried though, I think that they tried, and that you can't micromanage everything, and that also. You don't know how things are going to come out when you're in a small group. And so it's like the points I'm making are kind of canceling themselves out because there's benefits to both things and i think that you really have to find a sweet spot and it's easy not easy but it's easier to do it if you're quentin tarantino and you're making glorious bastards people are like wow that was a very clear vibe from start to finish i love that and it was very convincing and the universe was interesting and it introduced all these different feelings to me but that was sort of buttoned up in a you know like two hours and 15 minutes or whatever it is and this is like well I'm sort of watching it and hoping that it's that good for this TV show the whole time. And it's really long and a lot of people are working on it. The end,
1: they, they stumbled and made mistakes along the way, but they delivered for the finale or George, which is, is, that's the thing. He's, he's
0: good at writing, man.
1: (laughs) He is. But I think that I'm not, I mean, it's obviously George's story, but I mean, (laughs) they've, they've taken their own liberties and also they've screwed up his story before. And so like, I I think that in terms of like these big high notes, we can absolutely can and should congratulate George R. R. Martin. But I think that also we should just be celebrating the fact that they hit this one with, at least from my opinion, in the right way. When they could have done a bad job.
0: Even John leaving uh, post post great council after tyrion has that moment and he's beard and he's like there's still a night's watch and he's trimmed up and he's walking around the capital but this time not in the ruins of it you're seeing John, or sorry aegon targaryen in king's landing and he's leaving and he looked really at home and really at ease with himself with just how everything is happening in the series and i think that's been sort of a mark on the characters which is really well I think really, really well depicted by the people who are shooting this thing and the people who are acting it, they're, they're being, they're communicating like a very subtle thing. Like it, it feels like it's the end for these characters. And I think that that's probably a really hard thing to do. I think that's, it's got a lot of different elements that come together to pull it off. And if you can make John feel that way when he's simply just walking out of a place, I think that that's part of the building of sequences like we always talk about that end up coming together to convince us that that's, this is a really great episode of game of Thrones. That's when the camera and the music and the intention and the, the complexity of what these people are saying to each other, when these characters are talking, when it makes sense in a way that really fires off for us and, and we don't have a lot of questions whenever that's successful, we're like, ah, yes. And this episode was full of that John exiting, walking to say bye to Sansa and Arya and Bran. A Needle.
1: They talked about Needle. I know.
0: That was just like, and you have your needle right here Uh, with me. It's like, okay, well, you understood. That's all the emotion there is. That's all of it. That's from the very beginning when she was saying bye to John, and she's saying bye now with all the other elements of what they're doing, swirling over your head, over this interaction, the way that it was captured. I really liked it.
1: One other thing that I was thinking of, um, another line that was really great is when Tyrion recites or when Tyrion is talking to John about being sent to the Night's Watch and he says the world will always need a home for bastards and broken mm-hmm. men kind of calling back that kind of like bastards and broken things that we've had had references in, in episodes past and I think that that Full was circle. also extremely good
0: and fitting for the moment because they might not see each other again but also why not now that all this is over with?
1: He, he he's the hand of the king. You might he he needs to take a break. What is it? What did he say? Can't remember. Something about but. being a
0: hand for any amount of time will make you want to go piss off the edge of the world. Yeah, that's it's right. It's just like okay, right. we understand that you understand, and this everything is going to be okay. It's going to be kind of hairy at points, and we're going to have to go through some hard stuff to realize what it is that we really want. But it's going to be okay, right?
1: It's the right amount of callback and uh weight without being too fan servicey and i think that there was a couple moments this season that felt fan y in a way that i often enjoyed but that were a little heavy handed and these were more subtle like Tyrion's last line about the honeycomb and the donkey yeah. you know Th- these are very subtly wrapping things up and tying things back to the story as it's been told in a way that we haven't really gotten in these last couple seasons because things have been sped up so much. (sighs) It's so good. I just, (laughs) I loved it so much and I was scared that I was going to hate it. and I didn't hate it. That's
0: cool. I'm really glad. I'm just relieved that that is the (laughs) thing. I'm really glad that we get to the end of this and we basically have the ending of a song of ice and fire, which is a pretty big deal because a lot of us, I mean, we make a podcast about it, but, and you guys listen, so you get it. We love these books. We love the TV show. And the books have, you know, we don't have the end, the last two books to be written in the series, but we saw a song of ice and fire get plopped down poof, on the table in the TV show last night. So it's like this world's a little broken. Things are kind of out of order, but that's okay because that's just how it is.
1: Tyrion's not in it though. No. <laughs> wish- what was that all about? <laughs> so- Funny,
0: come on!
1: <laughs> I just love that the assumption that he's like, "Ah, I'm gonna be a major player," right? In this. Yeah, the, <laughs> rubbing his hands together. <laughs> that
0: is the embarrassing thing. God, Braun looks Sam's so pleased. Like,
1: uh, <laughs> you're not in it.
0: <laughs> so good. I love seeing him in his robes. I was just like, "Ah, yes, Grand yes. Grandmaster Tarly."
1: <laughs> Man,
0: Grandmaster Tarly got podrick pushing, everybody's. pushing brand around Pod- podrick's in the kingsguard brand's lord commander of the kingsguard and like you said it's the illest people that are at the top right now in king's landing so if they had besties like, like wireless bluetooth speakers they'd be carrying them around all the time playing yeah hype music sometimes they play emotional music but they talk about their <laughs> feelings openly when they did it but most of the time they'd be trying to elicit good moods out of each other
1: They're just listening to click.
0: Basically, yeah, they're just rolling around listening to click. Just the beginning of it over and over. Yeah, it's like a well-earned victory lap for them.
1: That's what it feels like to us, though. Like I feel like, and I I truly hope that other people had the same experiences that it just felt like a victory lap for us as well. And and as I was saying at the beginning of our episode today, it was like an exciting, cathartic. Thing and it wasn't this. <laughs> I keep talking about Lost, but <laughs> it's like talking about Lost all day yesterday. But like when I watched the Lost finale, it killed, like it ruined me for months and years. And not that, and not that this finale didn't have that same emotional weight. And maybe it was a situation in which I was watching it, but I just, I feel optimistic and I feel excited and I feel good about these characters that we care so much about and we've got time still left to spend with them and so while it feels like goodbye in a some sort of way it's really not at all and you know we tweeted something to this effect of there's still so much work to do for us and as a community and with these stories and with these characters and there's still so much to explore and to unpack and so what's
0: west of westeros
1: what is West of Westeros? Well, you know? I'm
0: glad you asked.
1: <laughs> <laughs> ah, I've got. <laughs> let me show you my list. Of <laughs> I'm
0: Come on, please. First off, finish what you're saying, but I just want to say, please let the this the potentialities just multiply. I think that that is a it's a good time. Like, let's be. Let's be excited for the ending and mourn those that we've lost and question the things that have occurred, but let's also look forward and be like, hmm, what's what's next for the realm? What's next for this place with all of these people?
1: It's really exciting. And I just I'm so hype off of the fact that I actually feel that way and that I'm not extremely just mad about it. Yeah. And, you know, next week when everything's over for real and I'm sitting on my couch in my pajamas rewatching this episode for the seventh time you know, maybe I'll feel, that's when I'll really start to, like, feel sad. But for right now, I just feel optimistic.
0: (laughs) It's definitely difficult to watch it and to try to empathize with Jon and think about how the Great Council went on without him, and he was in a cell, and he's the one that had to kill Daenerys. He had to kill Daenerys, or at least Tyrion made him feel like he had to kill Daenerys. And now someone that we really care about that had a life that was beautiful and interesting and had so much more to give was taken away. And that sucks. I know that she did really terrible things there at the end, but
1: it does suck. Damn. That's tough. It does.
0: And he's got to live with that.
1: And he loved her. And Daenerys would have made I mean Daenerys would have made a great queen. Daenerys just lost
0: I think she I think, lost I... us when she said that she knows what's right. I think that that, yeah. that right there is a really it's a really difficult thing.
1: It's kind of funny though when a man like Tyrion who killed his killed shay and killed his father mm-hmm. and you know, that that Tyrion's gonna be the moral judge of right. who should and shouldn't rule the realm you know and mm-hmm. it's and you've been saying as we've been talking you know that's just what the right decision was for Tyrion in that moment to serve himself and i don't think that Tyrion mm-hmm. is going to be the kind of guy that's like varus it's like i'm here for the realm but you know it's kind of funny that he's he gets to make that decision after all the horrible things that he's done and i think that we'll get more time to explore daenerys's uh tragic fall than we have and it'll make a little bit more sense but ain't that funny
0: ain't that funny (laughs) you
1: know it's too it is so you know when it's sad i mean danny is somebody that we've been rooting for for a very long time and she kind of went out in a way that didn't make sense for a lot of people
0: it's like a conversation could have happened. Maybe there was someone, maybe there wasn't anyone left to reason with her, but maybe there was time before even more people died. But
1: yeah. And we'll just continue it to kind of figure out why things played out that way. But the morality near the end of this series got intensely skewed, I think, which is kind of funny. That's
0: the Game of Thrones, man.
1: You win or you die. Yeah. That's what they say.
0: Spinoffs.
1: Arya sailing west of Westeros to the Pirates of the Caribbean soundtrack.
0: Tyrion hanging out with Jon north of the wall. He's like, I see what you guys are building up here. He's like, what did this used to be? He's like, they called this the Fist of the First Men. And he's like, why do they call it the Fist of the First Men? And then, you know... A typical Tyrion joke comes out. This stuff basically writes itself, people.
1: Sansa ruling the North. Just like. What
0: does that look like? She's just, I just like, hmm, see, this like, is my most... decision. And someone disagrees yeah. with her and she's like, well, this is why I'm right. And everyone's like, yay.
1: Just some really mundane. I just want to see her just. Like the West doing Wing. Life. Oh my gosh, stop. Wait. Wow. Yeah. You're okay. like, I didn't know
0: I needed to walk and talk around Winterfell <laughs> yeah. like that.
1: Wow. Okay. Well, we've gotten some walk and talk with her. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's all just, it rocks. I'm happy. I hope other people are as excited as we are. And you don't have to be. It's okay if you're not. But I just want everyone to feel as satisfied as I do.
0: Hmm. I want everyone to feel as satisfied as Podrick did looking directly into the camera lens. Whenever he (laughs) pushed Bran up, like, oh, yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) This is my job. (laughs) What a cool thing. I'm the guy.
0: (laughs) Podrick, who was not going to last, made it to the very end of the series like that. Beautiful davos
1: thing. who i thought was gonna die seven pajillion times Dude, davos
0: was sure that his number was up when he was stranded on that rock he's like oh god
1: <laughs> <laughs> here he is do you think brand's more interesting and like fun and nice or is he still extremely
0: i think that he's just extremely unrelatable i think that he has Depths within him from those looks, and maybe I'm just romanticizing this dude at the very end of things. But the way he looked at Tyrion and was like, What do you think I've come all this way for? I was just hit with a wave. What do you
1: think I've come all this way? For? I was hit
0: with a wave of just understanding and acceptance. Like,
1: uh, <laughs> hopefully he's more chill and like more relatable.
0: It seemed that way, like the way that Tyrion is is dealing with what you said, the that fact that he's the moral guy. He understands, and that's one of the things that I think is redeeming about him is that he understands the position that he's in and the person that he is and was, but also because of that, the person that he is. And when he sees those chairs askew, that's the way he's dealing with it. He's like, okay, well, I know I should make use of myself and do something good, do something positive, do something constructive, do something that I'm here to actually do. I know that it might be silly and we're all having a good time, but I'm going to get us to the point where, like we say, "and long may he reign" at the right time, and it's going to be positive. That was the impression that I got that this was a positive thing, and that they weren't taking things too seriously, except for when Bran was like, hmm, "Maybe I'll find out Drogon." That was very interesting to me how serious he sounded.
1: It's a serious issue, I guess. I I guess because Drogon could do some real damage. So it's so much more than that. We've got time. <laughs> I need to get over my brand hate. I never liked brand. I always thought brand was annoying. You
0: can hate brand. I, That's okay. I A lot of people knew, hate the king.
1: I always knew that brand was very obviously going to be extremely important and that brand was like the backbone and that he was going to provide the answers for all of A Song of Ice and Fire. But I just didn't think he was going to sit the Iron Throne <laughs> of the Six Kingdoms, which is so weird to hear. So
0: weird. So funny. So funny. <laughs> that looked Sansa. He's like, I got you. I'm also hopefully not going to be the hand of the king. He's like, this is where I did my good work, and I get to ride off into the sunset. I get to do something that neither of my siblings got to do. And Bran's like, yeah, part of this whole plan is your accountability continuing for as long as I see fit.
1: Dream team, I guess.